In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God is faithful, says the Apostle. He will not permit you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will provide with the temptation an escape that you may be able to bear it. Today's sermon, dear faithful, is a simple explanation of the passage of Scripture that we have before us today. After describing numerous divine chastisements that occurred in the Old Testament and hearing in the Gospel today of the destruction of Jerusalem foretold by our Lord, which would usher in the New Testament, we are given a lesson by the Apostle that all things have happened for us as a type, as a figure. It is worth taking a moment, I think, today to consider this passage of the Apostle translated directly from the original, for I do understand that sometimes the archaic English of the Douay-Rheims Bible can offer confusion to certain persons. To state again, after describing the chastisements that occurred in the Old Testament, St. Paul says all these things happened to them as a type, that is, as a sign pointing to a future reality. And so they were written down for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages are come. Therefore, let him who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has taken hold of you except that which is common to all men. And God is faithful, and he will not permit you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will provide with the temptation an escape that you may be able to bear it. We consider then for a moment the reality of temptation in our lives and how it relates to God. For this we are instructed as well by the Apostle St. James in a passage which is very much worth reading and reflecting upon in conjunction with the teaching of St. Paul today. In the first chapter of St. James, he tells us, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been proved, he shall receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one who is tempted say, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evils, neither does he tempt anyone. Everyone who is tempted is tempted by his own desire, being drawn away and allured. Then desire, when it has conceived, brings forth sin, and sin, when it is full grown, begets death. This should cause us to reflect on the meaning of the words which we recite so many times each day at the end of the Our Father. Lead us not into temptation. Temptation is sometimes a synonym 
for the word trial. When we consider temptations or trials of a non-moral nature, that is, temptations that do not engage our will to make a moral choice, we think here of natural disaster, physical catastrophes, disease, grief, bereavement. God is indeed the creator of this world and the author of life. And it is not wrong to say that such trials do come from him, that they are part of his providence. What we must say never comes from God is temptation to evil. This God never creates, but only permits. It is true that with regard to trial, or things of a non-moral nature, there too the words of the scripture today apply. Never will God allow us to be tried so sorely that we should despair of our salvation. However, the apostle has mainly in mind temptation to sin, which is why he begins by speaking of pride. Temptation to evil then never comes from God. It comes from our threefold enemy, which we hear of so often during Lent, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world tempts us, that is, proposes to us as as a choice, evil, in that it suggests to us that we exclude our Creator and go after things that God has created, setting them up as God's here and now. The flesh, as Scripture so often names it, is our lower desires, urging us to make decisions not based on what we know is right, but on the movements of our passions. Anger, cowardice, sloth, gluttony, lust, and the like. Finally, we are tempted by another intelligence in this world and those who cooperate with him. That is, the devil, the great suggester of sin. The devil makes use of the world and the flesh to tempt us and can even tempt us directly. When we think of all these things, we think indeed of temptation as such, that is, temptation to evil. What does it mean then when it says in the scripture today that God makes also with temptation issue that you will be able to bear it? As I've already stated, the clear translation for that is way out or escape. God provides with the temptation an escape. That is, in permitting all these things, just as he permitted to his holy servants, to Tobias, to Job, he permits even evils, even moral evils, to befall us, and permits us to be tempted to commit sin, always, though, with 
a way out. And if God never tempts us beyond our ability to resist, then he must permit our temptation only to prepare us for heaven. It is to remind us of what the apostle so clearly states today. Let him who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Pride is the entryway for temptation and the escape is prayer. Yes, prayer above all is our way out of temptation. For when our right reason and our will find themselves overpowered by the world, the flesh, and the devil, there is no one else, nowhere else to turn but up to look above, to look beyond the human soul to him who created that soul. Scripture tells us God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And there is no greater attitude of humility than on our knees in prayer. If we pray for deliverance from temptation, God will provide that way out by which we can make a free choice to resist temptation. This is why the most admirable prayer ever composed the great Lord's Prayer ends with this invocation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If we pray this prayer faithfully every day, we know then that God is faithful, will not permit us to be tempted by, beyond what we are able, but will provide that escape that we may be able to bear it. And having endured temptation, we shall then receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Amen.